Yeah, because his mom actually worked at Kaiser for 30 years. She got her pension. She she left during COVID. She got almost like $2 million. Oh my. Yeah. What is up, guys? Jason here. Welcome back to the channel in our series, Nurses to Riches, The Road to Fire. I remember when Monica started her career and she landed her first job as a home health nurse. She lasted about three months in that job before she gave it up after receiving a job offer as a med surge nurse in one of the highest paying hospitals in New York City. And I've previously been asked several questions about what the opportunities are like for home health nurses in California. So in this video, we're going to be speaking with a home health nurse that works out here in California. Her name is Krizia and she has a YouTube channel where she documents what it's like to work as a nurse in Southern California. So as is always the case in this series, we're going to talk to Krizia about her career and her monthly expenses and we'll break down how much she has left over after all of her expenses are paid. So Krizia, let us know where you're from and why you decided to become a nurse. Hey guys, so I'm from Southern California, specifically Orange County, and I became a nurse because I have a family of nurses. I'm Filipino. So my mom's a nurse, my husband, my mother-in-law's a nurse. I have cousins who are nurses. So I just grew up in the medical field and I just knew that I loved helping people and you know how my mom is and how she takes care of us. I get that from her. So that's initially why I wanted to become a nurse. But initially too, I went to UC Irvine. I didn't get into the nursing program there. So I thought that, you know, my nursing, I'm never going to get into nursing school. So I still decided to get my bachelor's. So I got my bachelor's in biological sciences, graduated and was thinking of whether or not I wanted to go through PA or go back to nursing. And then after working about two years in the medical field at a call center, I was like, I don't like this job. I want to be out there and do more. So that's when I decided to go into nursing and went to West Coast University and finished in like two years. So I graduated January of 2021. So like kind of the end of the pandemic, but like when the COVID, the vaccines started coming out. So how was that graduating when the pandemic was going on? Uh, like, it, it was, was kind weird. of the end, just like you said. It was. It was still going on. Yeah, because um, COVID started right when I was about to start my OB or I ended my OB clinicals. And so we had to switch over to online. So all of the clinicals we were doing were mostly online and we were just literally on a website doing physical assessments on like an automated kind of a system and answering questions like, what would you do in the ER? How would you triage? Like all these things. Um, and it was weird because I wasn't getting like clinical experience, but I was also working at that time as a CNA at a hospital. So I was still working on the floor during COVID and helping out the nurses. And then after that, during the end of my clinical, my last clinical, I was able to go out and actually be in the clinical field. And I feel like I did lose a little bit of experience just because I wasn't able to experience like pediatrics and which is something that I wanted to do. But in the end, you know, I just wanted to graduate and finish and just start my career basically. Do you feel like being a CNA helped you when you went through nursing school? <laughs> yeah, it helped me a lot, especially being a CNA, because it helped me when I was on the floor during clinicals. Most of the time as a student nurse, you're acting as a CNA, right? Um, you know, you just help the nurse out with whatever they need. So I already knew that. So it was easy for me to do all the CNA stuff during clinicals. But at the same time, since I already knew the basics, I was starting to think more as a nurse instead of as a CNA during clinicals. So that did help me a lot. So you said you 
graduated in 2021. How long did it take you to find your first job? So it took a while during COVID like the to get my ATT. Some people were getting it pretty quickly. Some people were waiting for six months. So actually during that time, I was working for Kaiser. Uh, there was the Kaiser Student Pandemic Nursing Program that I applied to where we were getting paid $40 an hour. We were working on the COVID units. I was doing COVID testing. So I was doing that while waiting for my ATT. It took me three months to get my ATT. And so March is when I got my NCLEX and I passed. So that's when I got my license. Then three months after that, I was waiting because new grad programs here in California aren't every, you know, it doesn't happen like every single month. It only happens at periods of time, right? So I had to, yeah, yeah, like twice, depending on the hospital. And it's at different times and different specialties. And the amount of new grads that they take is different, especially after COVID because COVID had them push out. They kind of stopped some new grad programs. Um, But it took me three months. So that's when I kind of gave up. It was hard for me to apply to new grad programs. So I started looking at other jobs. So I was on Indeed and then I found a hospice job there. And that was my first interview. And that was the first job I got. So you spent from the moment you graduated to the moment you actually landed your first job. How long did it take? Uh, three months, uh, March, like about two months, wow, two, and a half, two to three months. Pretty, that's pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I waited for a new grad program, yeah. probably longer, but I didn't want to uh, wait. You yeah. know, um, that was the thing I was thinking. And I knew that if I got this RN job, new grad programs are based on if you have th- less than three months of RN experience, you could apply. So I said, well, if I take this job now and then if I like it or not, then I'll just go back into looking for a new grad program. But I ended up loving home health, like hospice and home care. So I stayed. You know, there's this study that is run. I think every four years or so. The last one was in 2018 in the state of California. And they send out a survey to several nurses in California mm-hmm. to find out how long it takes them to find a job after graduating. And the average here is about six months. Oh, really? Oh, I yeah. Didn't know that. So yeah, it's six months or less, but the majority of them is about six months. So you actually got a job pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I started pushing out in, you know, try to see what's available outside of inpatient. Um, I mean, I could have looked at other new grad positions that weren't new grad jobs that probably would have got it in, but I wanted to go in a new grad program. So why did you transition from hospice to home health? So with hospice, I was an admissions nurse. And with hospice, there's not a lot of skills that you learn because, you know, the patients are dying. With hospice, most of it is pain management and, you know, chronic wounds that they'll have. And I wanted to do more like physical skills and more clinical things. And I wasn't a case manager as well. So for an admissions, I would just go in, see the patient, what do they need, then go to the next one. And my goal is to go back to school and become a nurse practitioner. So in order for me to kind of build on those clinical thinking skills and those other skills that I have, I wanted to follow my patients over a longer period of time to see how they were at admission, to see how they improved later on. And my current job didn't have a case manager position. So I found another job in home health, which had a higher pay. And and the area that I was serving is throughout all of Southern Orange County, which was what I wanted. I wanted to stay home because my other job, I had to drive pretty far, like to L.A., which is like an hour and a half, two hour drive sometimes. Wow. Yeah. Really long drive. It is. Yeah. So is your plan still to become a nurse practitioner? It is um, after a couple of years. Yeah, I just want to work on paying off my loans and then become a nurse practitioner and still build on like my clinical skills and then see that. But now with home health, I get to do like infusions. I do a lot more wound care. Um, I do more catheter care, um, post-op patients, post-surgical. So I do a lot more of that stuff now. Yeah. And getting onto that subject, I did see one of your videos that you sent me and I noticed that you went to one of your patient homes and you had to start an IV, but you had mm-hmm. difficulty getting that IV. I failed at my blood draw. So I'm going to have to ask one of my LVNs to come 
and do a blood draw for me because I couldn't get this patient's blood. So yes, in that situation. So well, it wasn't IV; it was a blood draw. So we also do a lot oh, of blood draws in home health. Is. Yeah, IVs we don't usually start. Mostly the patients come home with a pick line or midline. Yeah. yeah, so we usually do blood draws. So I try. Well, the most you're supposed to try is two. So mm -hmm. I tried twice and I couldn't get it. So the times where I'd fail, I would have to reach out to another, like a an LVN, because we're you know they're under us. So I'd ask them, hey, can you go out and see this patient? They'll say, yeah, well, I'll go out. Like same day or the next day and then they do it yes and, you know it's funny because i'm so used to working in the inpatient setting that you know if you have a difficult time getting an iv on a patient or drawing blood you just ask your coworker that's right next to you yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah so it's hard because you go in and then you're scared to like you know fail because now you're like oh now the patient has to wait another couple hours or they have to wait the next day and but most of the time the patients are okay with it because then they'd rather get that done than having to go out to the to the lab yeah you ever get nervous driving to a patient's home um i don't actually i did yesterday because i called a patient so with with home health you know i schedule my own patients at Oh. whatever time I have available. So the flexibility is amazing. I start whenever I, I want, basically. So I usually call them, schedule an appointment. And most of the time, they're really nice. Like, oh, yeah, thank you. Like, I'll see you. And then yesterday, I called a patient who was already like upset. Like, why did it take you so long to see me? I got discharged a week ago. You know, I'm getting worse, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I know how this patient's going to be. So that I was nervous because of that interaction I had. But once you get in the home, they're a completely different person. And I feel like that's different in inpatient because a lot of home Home care patients are like my family. I treat them like family. They treat me like family. I've never had the bad experience, like maybe once or twice, but every time I walk in, you know, it's like a whole different environment and they just like accept you in their home and they're very thankful and they show you their gratitude. So it's very fulfilling. If you ever feel unsafe, are you able to turn down a patient visit? You can. So in hot, that was my first initial question. And when I first got into hospice, I said, is it safe? Because you're walking into people's homes. You don't know what's in the home. You see stuff in the home like one of my coworkers walked in and saw a gun you know what? in their house yeah. yeah so if you walk into the home you could see how the home looks like in the area you know i would go to la in different parts of the la where it's not as safe as you think it is but if you don't feel safe yes you can actually deny to go in i actually had a patient that lived in a sober living home in hospice and i'm a female and everyone that lived there was all male so i had to keep my guard up especially dealing with pain medication and all of that stuff. So my first initial encounter there was good. I didn't feel like it was a danger, but I knew that I was in a sober living home. So I had to keep my guard up. Then the next day, my director actually went into the visit because we have to keep the medications locked in a lockbox in a sober living home so it doesn't get stolen. He walked out and he saw like a lot of people outside and he felt uncomfortable that they know, hey, this guy's on hospice. There's morphine there. There's all these medicines there. So he didn't feel safe for the nurses to come out after I went. So we ended up transferring the patient out to somewhere else where we were safe to go and, and visit the patient. So if you were to go in and you see like a home and you don't feel comfortable you see people outside watching you and you don't feel comfortable getting out of your car you just call and then you talk to your supervisors and they let you know okay it's not safe for you just go or they'll say oh we'll have someone come in with you so they'll send someone else out to go in with me and how many hours a day are you working i think you said eight hours a day five days a yes week. yeah so i work monday to friday from my schedule's 8 a.m to 4 30 so and i have a quota to reach or productivity to reach each week which is 28 patients four of that is admissions 
So as long as if I meet that quota, I could see eight patients a day be done in three days, right? Yeah. Um, as long as if I meet that quota and then do more overtime later on and then get paid more. But there's two different uh, pay styles in home care. I don't know how your wife was getting paid, but um, there's the get paid per visit and now they're doing yes. the get paid per hour. Yes, that's what she was doing. But you get paid per hour. Yes, I decided to get paid per hour because I calculated it. So I said, mm -hmm. if I get paid $56 an hour, how much is that for that week versus how many patients I have to see? So I saw that getting paid per hour, I got paid about more more or about the same with seeing 28 patients versus if I was getting paid per visit, I have to see like 40 patients, a lot more patients to get paid the same amount. So how much were you earning as a hospice nurse versus how much you're earning now? So as a hospice nurse, I started off at $40 an hour. And then three months later, they actually increased my pay by $10 to $50 an hour. Yeah, because I was looking on Indeed and saw that the pay for hospice now was at the 50 mark. So he decided like, oh, let's increase the nurses pay to 50 to keep the retention of the nurses. So I got paid 50 after three months of working with them, which was like basically my goal as a new grad nurse to be making that like six figure mark. And then after that, stayed with them about seven months later, I got that 4% increase to 5150 and then got the new job now in June that I started at 56 an hour. So, um, and this new job, how do you like it so far? I love it. It's just, I love this. I love home health because one, I make my own schedule very flexible. If there's an emergency and I need to like come home or do something, then I could make that flexibility. I just schedule my patients around that. Um, I love that. I love that I make my own schedule. Like some days I could start later at nine or some days I could start early at eight and at like three o'clock and then finish charting at home. And that's the other thing I love too, is that I chart at home. So I do as much as I can out in the field, but once I'm in home, like I just chart, which I love and I don't get bothered or anything. And like, I could drink my coffee or I also love the fact that I'm able to go out and like eat anywhere that I want to for lunch. Yeah. yeah. I remember when Monica was a home health nurse, she only did it for about three months or so. Mm -hmm. But I remember the majority of her work involved her charting. Yes. Charting. <laughs> Charting takes a long, long time. Like for me, because since we do, because usually an inpatient, well, you guys do admissions too, but like in SNFs, they have an admissions nurse that's just dedicated to admissions. But for me, I do it all. I do the admissions. I do the discharge. We do restarting the care. Like if they go to the hospital, come back. But like Oasis is what you know a lot in home care. Yes. And that's like a 15 page charting. Yeah. A lot of it's clicking, click, click, click. So once yeah. you do a lot of it, you just know you memorize it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it is that and creating the plan of care. So that does take a long time. And then putting in the medications for each. So if I see two in a day, like I have to do two of that. But the good thing is, is if I don't finish it that night, I just do it the next day, you know, when I have time. So and how much time do they give you to complete the documentation? You're supposed to complete it within 24 hours. Yeah. So that's the, that's the goal is to complete in 24 hours, but with my current job, they're not like, oh, finish your charting, finish your charting. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like sometimes even three days, sometimes it'll take me okay. if I get so busy with like seeing all the other patients, but I do try to do as much as I can in the field. And I saw also, we're going to go over this, but um, I saw in one of your pay stubs that they actually pay you for the mileage that you use. They do. Yes. Which is good. And it's good and bad, but because the gas is so expensive here, I don't know how much it is up there. It's like almost $6 and 50 cents now. Yeah. 
Yeah. So they pay you per mile that you do. So it pays you from one patient to the next that they, that they calculate. And it's point, I think since a gas increase went up, it's 63 cents a mile now that we get uh, paid. See, this is how you would have benefited from having an electric vehicle. Yes, you do. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be a lot helpful too. Yeah. So because you don't want to get paid you'll still get paid your mileage without you paying for gas right right that's true exactly that's actually that's pretty good because monica i don't even think she got compensated for the mileage that she used yeah yeah and she would only get i think it was it was a hundred dollars per patient this was in new york city Mm -hmm. and depending on the visit it could go all the way up to like i think 110 120 per patient yeah because like if she was signing up a new patient with the company then they would they would pay more Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now you're at this job and you said you're earning what? $55 an hour? $56. $56 an hour. And do you have any student loans? I do. That's okay. a bit one of like the biggest, I don't know if you saw that video or like you saw it, but yes, I do have student loans because I did go to, I got loans for my first bachelor's, which was about like 70. And then when I went back to nursing school, I decided to go to West Coast, which is a very big thing that my whole um, YouTube is about because West Coast is a private school. It's very expensive, but it's an accelerated program. They start every 10 weeks. And that's why I decided to go to West Coast because of how fast it was. And I wanted to finish school as fast as I can to start making money because if I waited two more years, that's two years of experience I could have gained and two years that, you know, I could have started making money and saving. So I have about right now, um, it's around $150,000. Okay. And Mm -hmm. you plan to pay that off quick or do you want to, you know, stretch it out and maybe take your time and paying it off? So I was, I'm looking at it because right now student loans are, I should be paying it because there's no interest, right? Um, But I have a wedding coming up. So I'm like balancing on paying my loans and then saving up for the wedding. Um, My goal was to pay it as quick as I can. So right after I finish my um, or have my wedding, then that's what I'm going to start tackling the loans as fast as Uh I can. Yeah. Yeah. And aside from the loan, do you have an auto loan or any other loans that you that you need to pay off? No. So I don't have a car. The car's paid off already. And so I'm always like when in my videos, I say, you know what? You could be paying a thousand dollar for a Tesla or you could be paying a thousand dollar for a loan. So it just depends on like how you view it. Right. So, yeah, cars for like loans, cars for me is not like something that I want to end up paying just because I don't need it. My car is working fine. So there's no problem with that. But I do have a mortgage. So I split that with my husband. So that's like, I guess, okay. the, another loan that we have. What does your husband do for a living? So he's actually a accountant. He does payroll. So is he Filipino? yes, he's Filipino too. Yeah. He doesn't sound Filipino. <laughs> uh, yeah, he loves numbers. So no, he can't do nursing. Like he cannot stand like poop or anything. Like he'll. <laughs> I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So, okay, I want you to break down then your expenses for the month and how much you guys have left over after every month. Okay, so with my husband, he makes about um I think $40 an hour, so his salary like cuz we always like budget everything. So his paychecks always come out to like 20 
200, like 2000, 2200. So we get paid biweekly every two weeks. We get paid at the same time every month, which I like. So we know when we're getting paid, how much money we have, how much to put in the savings. So he gets about 2000 and then I get about four with wow. my overtime that I do biweekly. Mm-hmm. And so every two weeks we get about 6,000 and depending on the month, you know, you get that extra, extra yeah. third pay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking at our expenses we split our mortgage. So we pay our mortgage 1400 each. So our mortgage is about 28 because we bought our house like during the pandemic and our, like, yeah. our interest rate is like 2.7. So we were lucky. Yeah. And so our mortgage is like 1400 and then each. So that's about 2800 At the end, when I calculate it all yeah. at my side, I pay about 3000 since I do get paid more. So if you're just looking at my paycheck, 3000 I get paid like 8000 a month. I get 5000 left over. And just for me. So aside from that, do you have any utility bills you're paying? Yes. Yeah. Utilities, that'll go around, um, well, the summer. We use a lot of AC during the heat waves. Yeah. Oh. So, But it averages around like 150. And then our water is like 60, like gas, um, like 65. And then we have to pay for trash, which is another like $40. So in total, maybe around four to five. Okay, so like with all the like and loans too, because my loans are like six hundred thirty. But just for me, with my loans and I pay for the water bill and for the electric, um, well, no car payments. So yeah, about three thousand just for me, and he pays about maybe eighteen hundred plus his. So I'd say about oh, five forty eight hundred. Oh, yeah. yeah, like forty eight hundred. Mm-hmm. So you guys have let's say about six thousand dollars left over every month. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just about. And, you know, again, I like I have this conversation with everybody I've interviewed so far, because like when people talk about California, they're like, yeah, you know, you guys are making good money, but you're also paying a lot for your cost. Yeah, I just got a comment on I just got a comment on that. Like, oh, you make 56. That's good pay. But where you live, it's a high cost of living. But I'm like, that's if you want to like having a high luxury living rate. Exactly. You know, like it's your decision on what you spend your money on. And if that person was like, oh, that's a low cost of living. But depending on what they spend their money on could be completely different with what you spend your money on. Right. Yeah, exactly. And are you guys renting or do you have you wait, actually, you said you have a mortgage and you have yes. think percent interest. Yeah. So we we've been renting out here for a long time. Um, so then our friend's a realtor. So he helped us out and we found a place. It was our first offer and we got it and we're like, OK, let's do it. So we bought our place for four hundred sixty thousand, um, wow. which is that's great. That is amazing. It is. Yeah. And my ear, I live like south, south Orange County, like because yeah. like the more expensive places are in Orange County is like people think of Newport Beach, like yes. Irvine, um, Laguna Beach, like, yeah, that's high cost of living over there. But there's areas past that where you it's a lot more affordable living. But I mean, we have a two bedroom, one and a half bath, and it's like a 1200 square feet. Wow. So we got it for 460. And then a couple of months later, the house is like right across us that have the same exact layout. They're going for 600,000 now. So we've already so built up the equity. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, good. Like now we have that equity there. So so we're happy that we bought a home and then building equity off of that, too. I think for a lot of people that have been able to afford to buy a house over the last two years, three years or so, they're doing pretty well right now because the last year or the last two years have been a great market for sellers and mm-hmm. also for homeowners. Because, you know, if you held on to your house, then your house has appreciated a tremendous amount. Yes. Yeah. Because I remember in New York City, we couldn't even really dream of owning a house or even Mm -hmm. an apartment or condo in the city. Yeah. We've been renters, you know, almost all our lives up until we moved to California. 
Mm-hmm. And since we purchased our house, it's appreciated over $300,000 in value. Yeah. Wow. Just, mm-hmm. Right. We purchased our house in 2018, man. But, you know, I don't know if you know, Monica and I, we had a conversation like a couple of days ago that we plan to move back to New York City. And, oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we just we missed New York City. I don't know if you've ever been there before. Mm, no, I haven't. <laughs> it's just we used to live like two blocks from Central Park. And mm-hmm. oh. that was like our park. We were always there. You don't have to pay to go to Central Park and have a good time. Right. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, yeah. Yeah picnics you can walk mm-hmm. to the park with your family like it can take an entire day just to walk around the park that's how big mm-hmm. it is oh wow you know? yeah and our family is over there you know so like we miss them we miss spending uh-huh. time with them yeah yeah some of them they're here right now they came to visit us they they got here yesterday oh so, that's good yeah. are you guys gonna do anything uh yeah we're going to the bay area as soon as oh I'm okay oh, okay <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um no it's just it's cool to be around family i don't know how it is family but especially when you have kids you know yeah so i live well my family lives like since they're from the valley like an hour an hour and a half oh that's um yeah not too far so we can go home every weekend if we wanted to but they come down and visit us so we're not too far and we have a lot of our friends in the area too so that's helpful but yeah i can see it's hard to like to not be away from family because i'm a very family oriented person i have a lot of you know, family members that live there. So I love being around them. So anytime I'm with them, I I enjoy it. And do you have any children yet? Not yet. So that's another thing I have to (laughs) start saving up for. (laughs) Maybe two years, depending, you know, and then I'm thinking of going back to nurse practitioner. I'm like going back to school. So we'll see how that goes. So, you know, we have a 16 year old daughter and I don't know if you know that, (laughs) but when she was a toddler, we were like, oh my gosh, we don't want to have another kid ever again. This is just too much. (laughs) Now she's a teenager. And we were like, we definitely don't want to have any more kids. (laughs) So when we were caught by surprise with our son, we were like, oh my God, we got to do this all over again. I know. Thank goodness. He's been like a delight. And my mom, she comes and lives with us for like six months. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. That's a big thing too. Cause I talk to people here and they don't have family members and they have to pay like $800 a month just to like help them out with the time for school to go home. They have to stay late and then there's nannies and there's just so much to pay for it. You know, that's another whole thing. But if we do end up having kids, my parents-in-law are going to plan to move in with us and help us out, which will be very helpful, which I'm like, pre- we're pretty lucky for that. So yeah, because yeah, his mom actually worked at Kaiser for 30 years. She got her pension. She she left during COVID. She got almost like $2 million. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, there you go. You know what? I get this question all the time. People ask me, hey, how's the pension at Kaiser? There you go. You just proved it right there. It's really good. She's always like, work at Kaiser, work at Kaiser. And I'm like, oh, you know, I would love to work at Kaiser, but maybe in the future, they they have a home health there too. So. That could be. You know what? The home health nurses get paid the same rate that I get paid. They do. I interviewed for a home health position with Kaiser a couple weeks ago, but they do pay you because it's a union. So I'm like, oh, what's the pay? Oh, you know, the rate, your one year experience, it was like 51 something here down in Southern California. And I was like, oh, I'm getting paid 56 right now. So it's not a good thing for me to move, you know, longer term. Yeah. With this current job I have with the company, I don't see it long term, but later on financially, if if I want to stay with long term work on the pension then i'm gonna consider kaiser see that's the one thing i forgot because kaiser has like two separate nurses unions the union down there is different yeah they definitely Mm -hmm. don't get paid that well compared to the Mm -hmm. yeah it's about 51 
dollars here yeah. as a what with one year experience because yeah. i was like that's watching right. oliver's video and i was like 86 dollars. oh my exactly. god <laughs> that's what you would be making yes yeah that's a nurse practitioner down here um so uh yeah it's so different and why do you want to become a nurse practitioner um just because i love following my patient's care if you work in home health and home care you're already operating at a level of a nurse practitioner right because you walk yeah. in you see what you see you're gonna be like what do you do you, you can call out office, but majority of the time I leave a voicemail for the medical assistant. Don't get a call back till the end of the day or the next day, but you have to decide what are you going to do at that moment? So it's a higher level of care and home care if you want to. So that's what I like doing. And so that's why I'm interested in doing the nurse practitioner and plus like to get a higher pay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And you know, as a nurse practitioner, I mean, you can move to any part of the country and get paid pretty well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of opportunities, like especially with home care that's opening up now, just because there's crazy stuff that I see that people are able to to do at home. You know, right now I have a dialysis patient whose caregiver is the wife and he has a whole dialysis center at his home. The wife is the one that does the dialysis. She draws blood. She has a centrifuge that she has to do it all. She has a weight. Yeah. They do that at home and she doesn't even have healthcare experience and they're doing that at home now. So it's pretty crazy. So do you guys invest your money at all in like your 401ks? Or anything like that? I have uh, been investing some of my 401k, but not maximizing, which is what I feel like I should do. I know I need us to schedule like a consultation yeah. with you because just put your money in <laughs> contribute no, you yeah, don't act know. like it doesn't even belong yeah. to you anymore. I know. And then doesn't, because, okay, the, the thing is, though, the problem I have is with when I work overtime, right, there's a certain amount that when you start doing overtime, the taxes get taken out. And I notice that a lot. So, like, if I worked X amount of overtime and that's, like, eight, like five hours more than what I used to get, I only get paid, like, $100 or $200 more, yeah. which is not that big. Yeah. So, you know, I talk to my patients. I talk to all of them. And I always ask them, like, hey, what do you do? You know, what do you do with your money? and they always talk about investing stocks and all of that stuff so they give me insight but it's hard to like just actually doing it because you have no idea and so right now we don't i mean i put in a little i don't even know how much i put i've been putting some but i don't even know how much i put for a 401k but i should maximize it because doesn't the money get taken out before it gets taxed is that so it's tax deferred yes it doesn't even get taxed, right so let's say for example you make thousand dollars per paycheck a hundred dollars towards your 401k then it makes it look to the IRS like you are only getting paid $900 per mm, paycheck. Which you get only tax the $900. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's what I need to do when I like do overtime. Like just be like, okay, put this much. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? Your husband should be ashamed because he's an accountant. I know. <laughs> We're not very like a lot of my friends, like we we talk about like being financially literate, but it's just so like don't know where to start, where to go. You know, there's so many different things that you could do. But yeah, yeah they always talk about 401k, Roth, right? You yeah. heard about Roth. Um, I try to watch videos, but it's just so hard for me to like pay attention just because there's so it, much numbers. It is. Um and yeah. for someone who who's not too savvy when it comes to numbers or even mm -hmm. interested in math like yeah that. like my wife she monica she is not interested in any of that she just knows that i'm putting money away towards yeah like yeah <laughs> i'm investing it so i just update her i'm like hey you know we maxed out our 401k this year this this is where we're at and then i'll tell her hey we're putting extra money towards our mortgage this is where we're at yeah and she's like oh okay good okay that's good okay yeah and you're like yeah okay and you're like oh it's so much work that you have to make it do yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I i do have to sit down and like try to 
look at all the numbers and all of that because yeah getting all the like taxes taken out it hurts <laughs> <laughs> and i think it's important not only because less taxes are being taken out of your paycheck it's the fact that you'll just have more options should you want a career change in the future because for us i remember back in 2016 it's when we really started investing but then we paused it when we moved here to california Mm -hmm. So I think there were like almost two years where we didn't invest anything at all. And then finally, when the pandemic hit and we were both working for Kaiser, we were like, okay, we're making so much money right now. We need to just start throwing some of it into our 401k. Mm -hmm. And this was like 2018, 2017, 2018. Now our investments are worth over $200,000. Wow. You know? And that's yeah. just the investment. And then, you know, again, with the property value increasing, mm -hmm. we like our overall net worth is over $600,000. Yeah. You know? And I just spoke with this nurse. I don't know if you saw the video yet. But this nurse that for the last 10 years, him and his wife, both Kaiser nurses, were investing in like real estate and working extra hours here and there, not like mm -hmm. killing themselves working extra hours. But they managed to get a $3 million portfolio. Wow. Because, yeah, they invested in real estate. They invested in like their 401ks and stocks and their brokerage accounts. And they retired eight months ago and moved to Florida so they could be closer to family. Mm -hmm. And then... The guy that I did interview, the nurse, his name is Chris. He said, you know what? I didn't know what to do with my time. So I just picked up an extra 24-hour position in ICU in Florida. But he has the option to do that. And he wants to be, they both want to be CRNAs. But now they have options, right? They don't, yeah. it's not required that they stick to the same job mm -hmm. their entire lives. If that's not what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Which is important to like start now when you're young, because that's when you like make as much as you can. Because looking at my parents now, my mom didn't have any of the investments. So I get worried about that. And I feel like a lot in my culture, they don't really do a lot of like Filipinos, like not really invest in a lot. That's not something that they do. So growing up, I didn't have any of that, you know, experience with yeah, investment and all finance. that. Yeah. Yeah. So personal finance, it was really hard for my parents. That's I think one of the reasons why I ended up in a lot of debt. Well, you know, because of how my parents are. So seeing how they are now in their 60s and still needing to work because, you know, they didn't have the investment, they didn't have a big pension or a big um, amount in their 401k, it just worries me now for myself. This so that's right. Break the cycle. Yes. <laughs> and start. Yeah. So you have to, have to sit down and look and then like we, me and my and how, I forgot to ask you, how old are you? I'm 28. Okay. So mm -hmm. this is perfect timing. You have so much time ahead of uh -huh. you. If I could have started in my 20s, I would be, we would be millionaires, multi-millionaires yeah. by now. And mm -hmm. that's the beauty of it. It compounds quickly over time. Initially, you're going to be like, oh, this is not going anywhere. But then yeah. after like, let's say five, 10 years, you're like, oh my God, what, this is going so fast. I can't even believe it anymore. Yeah. Cause it's just the over the time goes by when you're like getting to your thirties, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't have to tell me that twice. Monica's always like, oh my God, I'm so old. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's going to be 34 this year, but you know, every year she's like, I, I, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to travel again. I'm getting too old. I, I know. Yeah. Before I start getting wrinkled. <laughs> So I need to, I need to look at that. So do you do consultations like for financial advice? Cause I, I see on your website. Um, so you have like a nursing con a short session and an extended session. So what are, what are those two different so, options? Yeah. Like? The consultation that I do is basically I provide career consultation. So mm -hmm. like, if you have questions regarding where you should go 
in your nursing career. If you're a new grad or maybe you're going into school now, that's what I do. But also for nurses that are trying to get financial stability and they mm -hmm. don't know where to start, I tell them what I do. I don't tell you what to do because I don't mm -hmm. want give you poor advice. I just tell you what I do and what works for me. And I can guide you through what I do. And maybe you can try to do that too, to see if it works for you. Mm, I see. Okay. So I'll yeah. look into that too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let me know. Before we let you go, I want people to know how much you've earned. What's the highest paycheck you've actually gotten? So, which I do. Yeah. That's one of the videos I have the most recent video I have. So the highest paycheck that I've earned was about $7,000 for two weeks. Um, but that's about 28 hours of overtime. I worked a weekend, but honestly with home health, like I don't feel like I'm working cause I'm not stuck in a hospital. So to me, it just feels like going out and doing chores. So yeah, $7,000 was my highest paycheck. Um, after taxes and everything taken out was $4,500 take home. So how does that work? How do you clock in and out? If you're working from home, you just put it in a time card. That's yeah. Awesome. There's, there's an app that people use that you just clock in, clock out for lunch. But with my current company, since there's so many changes that have to be made, they just have us put it in. They ever say anything about you guys working too much overtime? Overtime. We just got an email about that. So I, they just say like, let us know if you need to do overtime. They just need to know and approve it beforehand. But like with home care, there's just so much because you think about where do the patients from the hospital go? They go back home. Well, how do we prevent them from going back to the hospital? Oh, home health. So it's like a flow. So it's as much work as as it is in the hospital and the amount of patients is unlimited. It's, it's like I basically have my own business. So like I'm just like an independent contractor and they're like, hey, here's a new patient. Go ahead and see them. And then I could take on as much as I want to. And then I schedule my own thing, take care of them. And once they're good, discharge them and then on to the next patient. Right. You know, I love that concept because. Yeah, right. Yeah, it That's almost feels feel like, like your own boss. You're your yeah, own boss. I am. Yeah. So, I mean, I do get calls from the office, but they'll be like, hey, this patient called us. Uh, can you call them back? And that, that's basically all the calls I get. Like, um, I don't have anyone telling me like what to do, yes. like telling me, hey, you need to clock in on time or on any of that. Like, I, I make my own schedule, which I love. But yeah, it's, it's like running your own business, basically working out in the field on your own. They just hand you all these clients and all these patients and customers, basically, and say, take care of them. And then you take take care of them and then you're on your own you're your own bus basically yeah. which i love the yeah level, the level of autonomy that they give you is just amazing I'm yes like it's crazy so you could be a horrible nurse and you know work in this field because you yeah. go in and you know they always tell me like oh my god you're so amazing like thank you for what you do because i really love to take time with my patients and being in the home is very different than being in the hospital because oh, yeah. in the hospital it's a controlled environment and the yeah. home it's a whole different it's a whole different world. Yeah. You see, you walk in and sometimes they're hoarders. You walk in and they say they take their meds. They don't take their meds. Right. So there's a lot of things that go on in the home. So, yeah. um, <laughs> and the things that you, you know, help them out with, but yeah, that's, that's what I love being basically being my own boss. Yeah, it's very cool because I remember when Monica was a home health nurse just for three months and there was one time she needed a Spanish interpreter. Uh-huh. Right. And like an application process for her patient. And I went in as the Spanish interpreter. Oh, really? <laughs> and it was so cool. I felt like it was, I feel like it's, there's like no, almost no stress involved in that. There kind of isn't. Work. Yeah. There's no, well, there's some, like you, you'll get family members that are calling and asking questions. And that's the hard part about working in home care is you have to learn how to separate your home because I were use my personal phone. I use like Google, Google voice, like for yeah. numbers that my patients can have. Yeah. But I use my phone. So I have to learn how to separate, <laughs> you know, work. Cause it's different from yeah. the hospital. You walk in, you say, okay, take over my patient, go home. And then you do your own thing. Right. So with me, it's different. So they, that, that's a balance you have to do. 
learn. Do they call you at random hours of the day? No, no, no. Yeah, oh, they don't okay. call me after hours. No, I want my patients. No, sometimes they text me. They mostly text oh. me. I tell them text me and then I'll see it in the morning, like at six in the morning. And then I call them later on. Um, but I always tell them if it's an emergency, just call her. We have an after hours line or, you know, if it's very an emergency, go to the hospital. Yeah. So I've never had anyone calling me late at nine and nine in the evening asking me for help. Yeah. I just refer them out like, oh, give a call to this number. You know, you just have to learn how to just direct them to somewhere else. Cool. So if I have any viewers on my channel that want to become home health nurses or they're interested in working as a home health nurse in your area or in California, how can they reach you? Like what what's your YouTube handle or what YouTube channel? So my YouTube channel is Krizia Ann. So it's K-R-I-Z-I-A space A-N-N. So I usually, you can comment on my videos. I, I comment pretty quickly, or you could also DM me on Instagram, which I get a lot of messages from. And my Instagram is Krizia and underscore underscore. So you can personally DM me, ask me any questions that you have. And a lot of people have been asking me, um, but I only share, you know, the company I work with if you're in my area. All right, guys, that's it for this video. If you like this video, then make sure you hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. And if you want to be a guest in one of our future videos, then make sure you click on the link in the description below. And if you want to see our previous Road to Fire videos, then make sure you click on this playlist here.